0: Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episode 31 of season 4 and episode 71 of Black Clover.
1: Big Bad Toy Store takes fucking forever mm. So
0: Speaking of things you're never going to do again How's uh Kingdom Hearts 2 treat you Are we recording Yes Oh no
1: It was good uh, Really I, Yeah I liked Kingdom Hearts 2 mm. the, okay. That game That That game has some very serious problems with it, but overall I actually enjoyed myself. Unlike Kingdom Hearts 1 and the 1,400 hours I spent trying to watch and comprehend 358 over two days.
0: Yeah. That was a lot longer than I thought it was. I thought that thing was like two hours.
1: No. That thing is long. Uh... Yeah, like, the, the main things that bugged me about it mechanically were just the way that the mana system in that works, which is absolute trash. Yep. Like, I, just the fact that most of your attacks will only do a fraction of the mana bar, so having it be on a kind of, like, cooldown thing makes sense when you look at it from the perspective of using, like, fire or ice spells a bunch. But your cure spell always takes 100% of the bar, and it takes forever to recharge. So there was nothing, like, strategic to me about actually metering out my usage, because it would always be, shit, I need to use Cure, so now my bar is just offline.
0: I mean, the idea is that you would use your attack spells until it's almost empty and then use Cure, but uh, a lot of times, like, you can take a lot of damage pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, so especially since I played it on Proud mode, uh, where one of the features of that is you take double damage. Mm. So basically like any single attack for like the first half of the game would put me into the red uh as it got closer towards the the later half of the game that was less of an issue but still um and then i, I guess my other like real mechanical issue with that game is uh the anti form thing
0: yeah so, that like, sucks the- it's it's only in there to be like hey stop using these other useful forms yeah stop Here's using these things
1: that are are there to like pull your ass out of the fire yeah we're punishing you harder now because you had no health and you hit the button to do the thing to save you
0: yeah now you get to run away until the meter yeah. runs out
1: Yeah, because you can't easily uh, revert back to your base form. Like in a lot of fights, when you're in Valor or something like that, you can just revert back, uh, which is actually a really useful way to immediately recharge your mana. Uh, But in anti-form, it seems like that's just not a viable option. So I had like a lot of fights, especially like the uh, super bosses, where I would go into a form to save myself, and I would get anti-form, and I'd be like, great, the 10 minutes I just spent on this is now invalidated. Uh Like, this boss is down to a bar of health, and I'm just going to die.
0: It also doesn't even explain, like, what it really is, like, how it works. Uh, In the same way, that does not explain how you gain experience for your other forms, because everyone gains it differently. It's like, for Valor form, it's amount of hits on enemies, and for Wisdom, it's amount of enemies defeated, right?
1: Yes. Uh, So it does actually explain that to you, but it's very well hidden. You have to go into the status menu, then go to the specific form, then open up the page for that, and then click over to, like, uh, experience needed, and then it will have a thing down there that's just, like, oh, experience needed is, is based off of how many enemies you defeated or how many hits you uh, have dealt.
0: Well, great. I, but there's, I had great memories there's of, Kingdom, of Hearts, Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2 back when it came out of, like, uh, to get the final form, like, basically you would have to just keep entering and exiting the last area and triggering your form and hoping that, like, it was just a random yep. chance that it would trigger.
1: Yeah, so I I knew that there was a final form because I, I looked up, like, how to be such and such at one point in the game and saw somebody using final form. Uh, and so then I figured, like, you would... Just get that, like, towards the end of the game. Like, that would be a story beat of, like, oh, Sora can't win this battle. So he has to go into final form, and now he can use it. Uh, And that never happens. So Mm -hmm. I looked up how to get it, and it was exactly as you described. So, fun fact, the easiest way to do that is you just go over to uh, the Hercules world, hop into the Hades cup that is just all about using your different forms. And then just keep transforming in that and if you don't get it, exit the cup and re-enter it over and over again.
0: Uh, so also I think the chance is much higher in this new version. Uh, the same way that they reduce the XP required to level up the forms by I think like half across the oh, board. Jesus.
1: It took me like so long to maximal out too so I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it was bad. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the it was a really low chance in the original game
1: uh i'm not sure if you actually have to do it but i was reading too like you want to have the two becomes one keyblade on like it cryptically tells you like oh this keyblade has an added effect
0: well yeah that means you either enter final or anti-form also that was not in the original game i think oh awesome
1: uh, I And then I don't know if something changes about anti-form after you actually get final form, but once I got final form, I never turned into anti-form again. Hmm. It just didn't... I, either, like, I got super lucky for the rest of the game, or something about that changes the frequency of it, or just drops it all the way down to zero or something, I'm not sure. I think you probably just got lucky, because from
0: what I remember... It's like every time you use a form, you have a hidden counter that goes up by one, and uh, then Yeah. if you hit trigger anti-form, or basically once it hits certain thresholds, you have a certain chance of triggering anti-form. But then also, when you do trigger anti-form, it doesn't necessarily drop it back to zero, it like subtracts an amount from this hidden counter. Something. Whatever. I remember like in Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, replaying it, I did not make it all the way through it.
1: Uh, I I do think that you kind of bailing out at the point where it reminds you that you have to revisit worlds was maybe being a bit premature. Because in a lot of those cases, it at least takes you to new areas within those worlds, or it changes things up enough that I felt it wasn't a drag.
0: Sure, but But at at the same time... There are some worlds
1: where that is definitely the case. but... But that
0: was right on the heels of okay here's all the organization 13 plot sit here and watch this (laughs) guy walk down these steps for a solid minute
1: that scene is such bullshit too like it never really loops back around and makes sense at any point in the story
0: no it was just like all right here tetsuya Nomura is going to do his own version of Electroma like here just watch these <laughs> fucking robots put on that's a weird mask and walk down the street to Billy Jack Yes that's not fair because Electroma is great and Yes is not... this is
1: more This is more like he decided to do his final episode of Twin Peaks season 3 <laughs> yeah, Just of. here's Sora and Ansem in a car for 15 minutes and they're not saying anything to each other
0: No I rewatched that I like it a lot more now than I did at the time but. I
1: should probably give it another shot, but I've I've not done that yet. I don't know. Kingdom Hearts 2, I had a lot of fun with uh I you know, there were a lot of uh good emotional highs, like uh the goofster getting hit in the head with a with a rock, and yeah. then everyone thinks he's dead, yes. but <laughs> actually part. shows up, he's like, Gosh, my corporate bastards won't let me die.
0: <laughs> that whole part is so good All because they pretty played- so- they play it completely straight, like everyone is in total <laughs> yeah. anguish about Goofy's death. <laughs> You're exacting vengeance upon the heartless. It, like, right
1: after that is this, like emotional swell of like man i'm gonna take the fight back to them and then goofy just walks in the room and it's like i get hit
0: in the head all the time yes it's like the part um in tombstone where kurt russell is just like screaming no and shooting at people while like waiting across that creek it's that but with sora and also because goofy died
1: (laughs) god Uh, It's actually kind of surprising that there was a 13 year wait for Kingdom Hearts 3 Uh, because I actually thought the way that game ended was fairly conclusive until you get the little stinger at the end with them getting the note from Mickey. Yeah. Like everyone's back on the island like the status quo has been returned all the members of Organization 13 are dead like you could have just ended it there there didn't need to be more of that story.
0: Yeah that's kind of the weird thing about Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like, basically everybody's back together. They're just, like, training to be Keyblade Masters at this point. Um, like, even Kairi is just, like, hanging out with Axel on an island, training. Wait, Axel's back? Yeah. Axel's back. Back again. Axel's back. Tell a friend. Well, that's, look, I'm glad Quentin Finn is getting some work. I'm not. Have you seen that guy?
1: I like him showing up and being like, "Oh damn, it's right." That's right. I'm. I'm playing a game from the PS2 era. Holy shit!
0: Jack the Ripper. He's here. <laughs> Talk about how Axel, Axel doesn't... shows
1: up in his sombrero.
0: <laughs> Axel doesn't have enough posters on his wall. Kyrie's concerned about it. <laughs> uh yeah, Axel's back. I don't remember why. To be honest, I did not right. remember that he died.
1: <laughs> uh Kingdom Hearts is so fucking dumb and I can't wait to get to Birth by Sleep, but I think I'm actually gonna like uh I'm gonna kinda of take like a good month long break from Kingdom Hearts and just play some other video games because I put probably about eighty to ninety hours into Kingdom Hearts over the last month. Yeah. And pretty much the of best King-
0: one too. So basically you're you're gonna be getting into the best one and then it's like cool, I get to go on another downhill slide after this.
1: Yeah. Well, also, I think it would help my enjoyment of the best one if I give myself a break, because I already kind of feel a little burnt out, and if I go into Birth by Sleep feeling the way I do right now, it's probably going to, like, affect my enjoyment of it.
0: Probably. What's so. next up on the docket, though? Where are you going to be playing?
1: Uh, Snatcher. Oh, for right. the Sega CD. Yeah. Uh, and then I might follow that up with police knots.
0: Police knots. Yeah, I'm gonna drink some space
1: coffee. Double whammy. Yeah. Saw some astronaut crimes.
0: Hmm. On the subject of Twin Peaks, by the way, before uh, we get away from it, uh Stephanie Jessup, who I'd mentioned is the reason that I started watching Star Trek. Uh I got her to start watching Twin Peaks. And the reaction to that is about what I expected. Where I had said, or she said like the only thing she knew about it was that it was weird for weirdness sake. And I was like, no, it's actually not. For one thing, there's less of that than you would expect. And second, yeah. there is a purpose to it. And then she started it and immediately was sending me messages like, what is this? It was just the screen cap <laughs> of the uh, man from another place saying that gum you like is going to come back in style.
1: <laughs> the best part is, okay, does this person listen to this podcast?
0: Uh, No not unless I okay. specifically mention her well what's her name Stephanie Jessup
1: okay Stephanie if you're listening to this podcast for some ungodly reason uh skip ahead this part is not intended for you
0: it's okay she only listens when I talk about Star Trek and I'm not going to okay, this time good,
1: good. thank you uh, um Yeah, it's going to be great when she gets to the end of the Laura Palmer murder mystery and it turns out that single dumbass line is actually what blows the whole case (laughs) open. Yes. Like, that's going to be legitimately awesome. That's my single favorite thing about the original Twin Peaks is that line is the final nail in the coffin.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Also, (sighs) like, um, how season three brings back the, uh, I'm holding in my hand a small box of chocolate bunnies. <laughs> like it, it actually yeah. doesn't amount to anything there, but just the fact that they brought it up again and Hawk wonders yeah. like if the bunnies has anything to do with it is really good. They
1: quickly like dismiss it if I remember right.
0: Yeah, no, they're just like, like, like sitting nah. in the office. He's like, It's not about the bunnies. Is it about the bunnies? And that was basically it. But
1: Yeah, I I think that Twin Peaks doesn't really get into that like there's a lot of weird stuff constantly until season three. I think that's where that blows up in a really big way. And I think that also might be where you start to get some weird for weirdness sake stuff seeping in. Look, there's no reason for Michael Sarah to show up and be named (laughs) Marlon Brando Jr. And just do a really bad Marlon Brando impression. That happens. Yeah. And it's on this, it's on the screen for like 10 minutes And it goes nowhere, and he never shows up again. So there's absolutely, like, weird for weirdness sake. It just, it takes a while to get there.
0: Well, also with the original series, like, all of that stuff in the Black Lodge takes up maybe 20 minutes total across the two seasons, apart from the finale, which is, like, all in it. It's more than... More than
1: that, but it's it's not like more than an entire episode's worth of content or something like that it's still I like don't know that's small even that
0: Because it's like that it's that first part where he meets him then there's I'm trying to think well there he only gets like three dream sequences throughout it, right because there's uh, the yeah. one where he's bleeding out like in the hotel, I think.
1: Yeah I'd kind of count him bleeding out as being part of that The giant showing up
0: Right But I'm saying of like the actual Red Room segments There's not much And that's the actual really weird stuff
1: Yeah Yeah I don't know there's a lot of it in the final episode though Yeah that's what I'm I'm saying Not not counting the finale because
0: that's like all that Basically
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah Twin Peaks is good It is Good show It is. Meanwhile! Maybe my favorite show.
1: Meanwhile. This is where you need to put in the clip of them saying meanwhile and backwards talk.
0: No, I'm not going to. I already put in one and the same upon your request a long time ago. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of things that are coming back in style, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure! That's right, it's back. Everybody loves it. Uh, Everyone loves... The yeah, hottest new couple on the scene, Chocolata and Seko. God, they're so adorable and I love them. They are, they're I also cute.
1: hate them. I love them and I hate them. <laughs> Individually, they are terrible people. Uh, but together,
0: they're adorable. That's right. They were made for yeah. each other.
1: Yeah. This is uh a very good part two coming off the heels of the best part one of the season.
0: Yes, apparently there is a part three coming up, which I don't know how that's going to work. I would guess Sekko will die pretty soon.
1: I actually don't think so. I think this will all be trying to figure out how to beat Seko. I think that Seko, the final message that he got at the end of this episode told him that Chocolata is dead. Yeah. And so I think he's going to get, like, rage powers in this next episode. I think this is going to, like, draw his focus in and make him incredibly deadly and difficult to figure out
0: he's gonna like he's just gonna really go seco mode
1: he's gonna pop out of the ground and say hey you want to see me go super
0: saiyan 3 (laughs) and this is a level even beyond seco
1: i can't not think of the super saiyan 3 scene without thinking of that youtube video of the guy in his room imitating that scene yes. for Super Saiyan 3 he just puts a white t-shirt on his
0: head I love that video yeah it's so really like, good like that and um the guy in the room just saying you're too slow you're too slow <laughs> you're too slow that occupies the same space in my brain
1: yeah uh so uh, We have secco and but- Butcherati, Uh, They're getting into a fight at the start of this episode, but it turns out this is pretty much all we are getting of the two of them for the rest of this episode. Yeah. I actually thought that we would kind of cut between these fights more. Uh, We do not. Nope. Uh, And so the only real takeaway from this is that Bucciarati kind of uh, sizes Secco up wrong to begin with, and Secco actually is very fast and very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Part of his quickness is that he's turning the ground basically into rubber and he's springing his fists off that and Bucciarati compares that to like a boxer using the ropes to aid his punches.
0: Yeah, which isn't really a thing, but okay, Bucciarati, whatever you say. Nope. I'm also pretty sure that would be an illegal move. Yeah, also being against the ropes is bad. That's why the phrase like I'm up against the ropes is not a good thing.
1: Yeah, it's why a phrase is even a phrase to begin with.
0: I think Iraqi maybe uh confused that with like a wrestler bouncing off the ropes, like oh he's gonna give him a DDT. Yeah,
1: that that makes more sense. If you were to say it's like a wrestler propelling himself off himself off the ropes, that would make more sense. Right,
0: like Bradshaw's clothesline from hell or something. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna bounce off the ropes and then hit him with that. But no. As a
1: side note, we here at Stand and Deliver uh, wish Ric Flair a speedy recovery from almost dying or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's every day of Ric Flair's life. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Uh, it popped up on Twitter, just Ric Flair, and then it was like
0: conflicting reports about
1: Ric Flair's
0: health. Yeah, that was happening. Um, he went to the hospital for a heart procedure, and it was like being reported as an emergency uh... thing. And then Weird. people on his team were like, "No, no, it was scheduled. Like everybody knew. He, he knew he was coming in. It was, it's normal. It's normal. It's normal. Yeah. It's like, man, if you're in the shape Ric Flair is in at his age, even yeah. going in for something that's scheduled, not necessarily good. Uh, nope. There, there was a segment he showed up on on Raw. Uh, it was probably a few months ago.
1: <laughs> they wheeled him in in his hospital bed, <laughs> almost. He so, confused woo he did not know why he was there
0: yeah just woo <laughs> uh, not not too far from that it was when batista came back like it was batista's big like oh man he's bagging it was part of the build to wrestlemania um where he goes backstage and like busts in rick flair's living room or uh dressing room <laughs> it would be funny if rick flair lived backstage at whatever like this just a living room. yeah Uh, Anyway, he bursts into Ric Flair's dressing room and you don't see what's going on there but he just like opens the door and is dragging Ric Flair out like by his collar and Ric Flair looked as red as a stop sign and I was very concerned (laughs) There's too much
1: blood inside Ric Flair's body (laughs) There's nowhere to go
0: He's gonna have to go to the leech doctors and get some of it sucked out (laughs) The phlebotomist Uh, Anyway Uh, That's my Ric Flair story Thank you Thank you
1: for sharing You're welcome Look if uh, you've made it this far Over a year of stand and Deliver And expected us to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, Fuck you
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really stick it to him yeah (laughs) Hey I'm glad we're both Feeling better this week Because last week fucking sucked (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, dude.
0: You know, it happens. Uh, yeah. This is what happens when okay. we have to watch an episode every week and we can't just be like, eh, not feeling good this week. We'll take a break and just do it yeah. next week.
1: Well we don't we've done this every week for a year, uh bound to have bad weeks. Uh so uh, speaking of Josero's bizarre adventure, we're uh a sixteenth of the way through this episode. <laughs> mm. is helicopter. Uh, has been seized by the
0: Roots that's right Questlove Questlove is, is in the <laughs> helicopter <laughs> like how it's both like that's the member of the Roots we can name too
1: <laughs> I don't know who the rest of them are <laughs> I don't either actually Jimmy Fallon is he like their bassist or something I don't fucking know yeah,
0: honorary he's an honorary member of the Roots yeah. that sucks so... so is Elvis Costello
1: better than jimmy fallon i like elvis costello yeah so uh they run up <sighs> yeah, to I the helicopter just, just, i <laughs> just missed that completely
0: eh. elvis
1: costello has elvis costello has had his time he doesn't need a bogart more of my precious jojo talk than he already has
0: we'll wait till we get to part six in eight years that old that old dead hack so there's a Elvis Costello is not dead uh, There's a character in part 6 this named after Elvis Costello Huh
1: uh, So uh, Mista and Jorno run up to the helicopter And Jorno is clearly trying to come up with a plan And I really like that Mista just pushes him aside And he's just like, no, he's in range of my gun
0: <laughs> That's right, why are you <laughs> wasting time? I will simply shoot him in the head
1: Yeah <laughs> Uh, so he tries to do that sends in all of the sex pistols except for number 5 and as they get inside of the helicopter they realize that uh, Chocolata is not there and then just start getting cut up by some unseen force which uh, we get this really good bit of Guido's eyes bugging out and him just slowly tipping over while spewing blood out of basically everywhere
0: that's right also we never get an explanation for like how this happened? Yeah, yeah. Because, just kind of looks at him and goes like, "Oh, you don't look so good." Yeah, and the power that uh, we find out Chuckalada has does not relate to being able to invisibly slash bullets out of midair. So it's a real
1: fine JoJo's moment that we got on our hands.
0: Yeah, or we really should not think about it. That's a good point. Uh,
1: so. uh all but one of the Sex Pistols are slashed up and uh, dead or dying. And Giorno decides that... Uh... Or Jorno kind of mentions this thing of just like, okay, since you cannot recall your stand right now, I cannot heal you. Uh, doesn't quite make sense to me, because I would think that maybe if you heal the stand user, it would heal the stand and vice versa. I, I don't really yep. get it, but whatever. Uh, so Jorno. Starts running up to the helicopter, and Guido, despite Giorno kind of advising him otherwise, sends number five as backup.
0: I feel like this is a case where it's like, okay, this is basically the last enemy before we're going to go fight Diavolo. We have to have Giorno do something.
1: Can't just have him stay back anymore. Yeah, we need to remind everyone that Giorno is technically the main character of this arc. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Technically.
1: By the way, he says Muda a lot. Uh, yeah. In he
0: hasn't done that in a long time. <laughs> oh no.
1: So what what ends up happening here is, is super gross. And I like it. It makes no sense, but I love the hell out of it. Uh Jorno gets into the helicopter, gets punched in the gut by Chocolata's uh severed arm. Mm-hmm. And then Chocolata pops up and is just like, "Hey, guess what, dude? I just chopped my arm off, and the mold is allowing it to still be animate. And so, like, I've just hidden my body parts all over this helicopter."
0: Well, um, before he hits him, though, he actually pops up before he hits Jorno. And uh Jorno hits him with gold experience, and then Chocolata punches himself in the stomach a bunch until his stomach, like, rips apart oh, no, and he can escape. So
1: I guess you didn't notice he had a scalpel in his hand. He was, like, okay. punching a scalpel into oh. his stomach to sever it.
0: Okay, well, whatever. That's also good. Which is
1: still, yes, that's more brutal and also does not work in the same way that just <laughs> no. punching himself not accomplish that. Uh, but what's great about that is he then ends up having, like, the lower portion of his spinal cord just wagging around like a tail. Yep. Just wiggling and, he's just and jumping. Wagging. Yeah, he's just jumping around inside the helicopter bragging about how he's already won. There's also with a weird... his spinal cord sticking out.
0: There's a weird part where one of the sex pistols' bullets is just, like, crawling towards Jornos saying, like, the enemy's true identity is. <sighs> it's like what it's yeah i wonder ch- if that's it's like a lot sl- like what
1: yeah that seemed almost like it was a joke about that sort of thing in anime because i feel that happens a lot
0: yeah it could be
1: but i'm not sure it also could have been a bad translation thing i don't really know uh there's a real small bit early on in this episode where uh Seko Calls Bucciarati clever, but he says cleaver, and I actually thought that that was just, they fucked up with translating it. Says, uh, like, but it beaver. turns out that's, yeah, that's like a whole bit, is yeah. that he's got the wrong word.
0: Uh, However, Chuck Lotta here does talk about uh, the various ways that one can be blessed. Uh, because Chuck Lotta, oh, as sure. we all know, too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed to be dressed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag stressed
1: Well later My car is breaking down My <laughs> microwave almost Blowed up Don't
0: bring your personal problems Into this <laughs> podcast I won't Nobody needs to know about how you Exploded some broccoli Somehow
1: <laughs> this, this broccoli is dangerous I said to myself
0: it's like the part in uh, *Gross Point Blank* where he uh, uses a microwave to detonate C4.
1: That's exactly how it went down. I kept some C4 in my crisper, and I decided to heat it up for a tasty little meal.
0: Well, see, there's your problem.
1: Hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to remember End exactly what happens here. Yeah, that no, nope, bailing out on that bit. <laughs> It said don't talk about my problems, so I didn't want to keep pushing it. You're right. It's my fault. Um Yeah, it definitely is. So not not mine. I'm a sweet innocent little angel. hmm Yeah. So I, I wanna say it's that the the his fist in his stomach kind of pushes him out of the helicopter. And so we have this sort of thing where obviously if he drops down to a lower level, the the, the mold will take over and kill him. Uh Side note here, by the way, uh, even though this is a thing that we should keep in mind, that Jorno falling down to a lower level, it means death. Uh, Guido, not affected. Nope. Because if Jorno just, like, falling a little bit out of this thing is enough to kill him, Guido should definitely be dead.
0: Well, Guido just, like, fell, like... He is still himself. at a much lower
1: elevation than Giorno.
0: Yes, He's so resting he on that fall down, did he?
1: No, he's resting on the building, but Jorno falls out of the helicopter, and he does not fall lower than the building.
0: I know, but it's about your relative position. Hmm. So, like, if Guido had fallen off of the building, then it would affect him, but he was just in place.
1: Okay, I guess that makes sense.
0: Well, anyway,
1: Jorno's eh, Jorno's fallen down, uh, but number five uh shoots the one bullet that Guido gave him through Jorno's hand. Gives him the stigmata. That's right. <laughs> um and then Jorno, as it passes through, uh g- used Golden Experience's power, and so he makes basically a uh a bridge out of a tree branch uh leading back to the helicopter, starts running towards it. Um And then Chocolata uses the mold to try to, like, he breaks apart the branch, Uh, but Giorno has a plan, which is to kick a piece of this uh, branch into the propellers, uh, which ends up turning it back into the bullet, and then the bullet ricochets and just goes right through Chocolata's head. Yes. Which is brutal. Yeah. Like we, we linger on this shot of him getting shot through the head for a while.
0: It has a really good spray too. Like both oh, of the yeah. wounds that Chocolata gets like it it's like a Tarantino style spray coming out. Yes, he looks like he got stabbed in a lone wolf and cub movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just a oh. fine mist coming out.
1: Yeah. Uh Look, I don't want to get way off track here. Uh, there is a part of one of those movies where a character gets uh, struck in the neck with a sword. And he has this, like, monologue about, like, oh, this is such a precise and beautiful cut. You slowly bleed out. I always wanted to give somebody a cut like this. Ah, but what an ironic way to go. And it just kind of, like, stretches this out. Very, like... Not touching but very serious scene Very flowery scene And then he finally tilts over And then just starts spraying blood Like Chocolata got <laughs> shot in the head
0: uh, Good stuff to- Totally breaks the tone of it I love it Does it break the tone as much as The time when uh, Those guys were like Ambushing the main character And then he just like pops 20 guns out of the baby cart (laughs) just like starts gunning them all down
1: oh it's just like the fucking rambo scene from uhf yes that's exactly what i I was going to mention
0: (laughs) it is exactly like that
1: there's another part i don't know if it's in that movie or the one before it, but he's fighting a guy just jumps in the air throws a samurai sword directly into the guy's cranium and the dude just sort of, like, stumbles around a bit while just spraying blood out of his head. uh Wolf and Cobb is so good. It's so fucking good.
0: I mean, actually, though we mentioned Tarantino, that is appropriate because those movies were a huge influence on him. Yeah. You can tell. Super apparent. Yes,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Like, having now sat down and watched four of those things, oh yeah. Uh by the way, I watched the one that you mentioned uh was the only one you watched with the uh woman out for revenge and she has like her top off most of the time.
0: Yeah.
1: I haven't seen it. I will that. say this. Oh, okay. I... I was gonna say actually that is the most tame of the lone wolf and cubs that I've watched so far.
0: Huh. Alright.
1: Like it's actually weirdly slow for a lot of it, and there's like only one over the top action scene. Whereas over the top action is pretty much what all the first three are about
0: yeah now i hadn't seen it i just mentioned like i had seen the poster of that one and like clips from some of it
1: well uh accurate you see a lot of her boobs in that movie
0: sure great yeah
1: well so uh yes chocolate is bleeding out a whole lot and uh he ends up like falling onto one of the roots that are kind of like holding the helicopter in place and Jorno gets back on the building and we have this bit where Jorno's just like, eh, you're still alive, aren't you? I, uh, I've watched Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. I know getting shot in the head don't mean shit, buddy. <laughs> That's right.
0: I've seen people survive way worse stuff than this.
1: Yeah. My friend got shot in the head three times. You only got shot in the head once. Ergo, definitely alive. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he's he's given him this ultimatum of just like, oh, I bet you're going to like kind of slip off that thing and like, I don't know, go into a drain pipe or something and uh, mold, whatever, you got a plan. So I'll tell you what, either you stay still and I will attack you, but I will just incapacitate you or you move and you're dead. Mm-hmm. And as he starts to move closer, sure enough, Chocolata, to nobody's surprise,
0: still alive. He was doing a pretty good job of faking being dead, though. Yes. He had his tongue sticking out and everything. Yeah, eyes, like, wide open, bugged out. To be fair, he's filmed a lot of people
1: in their death throes, so I think that if anyone would know how to mimic it, it would be him.
0: Yeah, method acting. Yeah, definitely. Chocolata is the Daniel Day-Lewis of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> also, Chocolata may be a juggalo. Just to I, me.
1: I really like that Tim, Timothy Allfant interview on Conan. <laughs> where he's just like, yeah, you got method actors like Jim Carrey, but I'm the kind of method actor who you see that uh, Jim Carrey documentary about the man on the moon thing. Well, I watched that in character. And my character thought that it was really pretentious.
0: Yep. Uh, Timothy Oliphant also had a recent interview about the Deadwood movie coming out, where he was like, Man, that Hitman movie I was in really fucking sucked. <laughs> 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 and he, he called it a pile of shit.
1: God damn it, Timothy Oliphant's so good.
0: I love Timmy-o!
1: He's a great... Yeah. Now uh, speaking of sharing things with people that we know and getting them into it uh, since you mentioned the whole sending Twin Peaks to somebody uh, a coworker of mine I had mentioned Santa Clarita Die too and I think I may have convinced her to watch the whole thing well, so you know ways. I'm going to see to it that Santa Clarita Die gets a fourth season <laughs> okay. by turning one person at a time onto it I refuse to watch the third season yeah why would you I'm going to, but I'm going to get it a fourth
0: hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to watch that either. I saw a thing where it's like uh, viewers of AP Bio are lighting up Twitter to try to save it. It's like oh, if God. you want to save a movie or like a TV show, do that before it gets cancelled. Yeah.
1: Like, hot but tip. Try watching it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody watched AP Bio. That's why it got cancelled. Apparently, it was actually pretty good. I don't know. I didn't see it. Nobody else did either.
1: I don't really care because I want Glenn Howerton to return to Always Sunny in Philadelphia more consistently, so good riddance.
0: Wasn't he actually still on Always Sunny, like pretty regularly, he, though? He wasn't for a season, and
1: I want to say that he returned sporadically mm. after that. I could be off. I know that there was definitely one season where he was not on it, and it was because of his commitments to A.B.
0: Well, I don't know, I didn't watch it I haven't watched any of the last f- uh, Four seasons Of Always Sunny either So it does not affect me in any way
1: Yep bet, what, Same, but
0: oh, No. Noah Glenn Howerton role I really liked uh, Fargo Season 1 Where he was the weirdo Like the uh, personal trainer That yes, was really good
1: the whole weird setup of that shootout With him on the bike Yes, love it I, I kind of want to watch That season of Fargo over again It's really good It is The second the second season's really good too But man, that first one is
0: I really like two a lot more than the first one But I do like the first one too Reminder, for a long time The uh, number one search result That led to our website Was people searching Fargo Oliver Platt subplot goes nowhere <laughs> <laughs> And I love that
1: uh, Yeah, so he's he's still alive. He yeah. is still alive. Of course he is alive. He is still alive. He has severed his arm again, and his arm is now uh digging itself into Guido's neck like he's about to suck his life juices out, like he's a damn vampire now. So mm-hmm. I guess that's just something anybody can do. Sure. It's just stick their fingers into somebody's neck like it's made out of a soft cheese.
0: Yep. He's just gonna pull out his vein and diddle with it like uh, Dio did.
1: Uh, oh no, it makes him excited and he wags his spinal cord around aggressively. <laughs> uh. Uh, so Jorno's was just like, Ah, well, you know, that, that doesn't matter because I've already won. And a stag beetle just busts out of the side of Chocolata's head. Yeah, which is oh, it's really great. Yeah, and then uh, Tony gets like this convoluted explanation Of how he got it in there And I can't quite remember how it goes down
0: I wasn't sure if it burst out From inside it or if it like Zoomed in from elsewhere it, Yeah it wasn't clear also I don't really care but I really Like how after it uh, Chocolata looks like the Classic Dana Carvey SNL Character massive head wound Harry <laughs> Like almost exactly
1: Yeah uh No, it definitely bursts out from within, because he says that part of why he was talking so much was to stall him so, th- like, the poop- pupa or whatever that was inside there could fully evolve.
0: Yeah, but, okay, so he turned the bullet into a beetle, though, right? Yeah, it was like, it, it started as a root, it
1: turned back into a bullet, and then he turned it into a beetle. Yeah, I see, think is that was the thing
0: I didn't get, because yeah, I would have thought he would have had to touch it again to turn it into a beetle.
1: Which I guess would have maybe been him kicking the root, but then, yeah, I would think that it would have to be him touching the original version of the object.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like It it went from root to bullet, and bullet into his head, and you would think that he would have to... For that matter...
1: I just didn't think that his power would work, that he could turn the same object into different things. That it would have to only be, I touched this object and it turned into this other thing, and that is all that thing can turn
0: into. No, I would think it makes sense that you could revert it back and then turn it into something else. Yeah, I suppose.
1: Well, look, anyway, we got a really cool death out of it, so I'm fine with it. However, this actually worked out. Uh, so the A team has has won their battle, and we go over to B team. B well, no, team, the, by the, the way, stands for thing,
0: The important thing here is then, Jorno uh, muda muda's him for a very long oh, time.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the most we've seen anyone get aura aura basically, in this yeah. entire series. Yep. And he also lets out like a really long uh, re. During this yes.
0: too. Yes, he does. And then after this, Chocolate's body falls into a garbage truck.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Casey Jones bumps into it and goes, whoops.
0: That's right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this is really Spashes shitting real on good. Chocolata. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: which is great because then the scene that follows this is like actually the single most endearing bit with Chocolata. Mm -hmm. Like the part that's just like Oh yeah this character is a fucking scumbag And he got thrown in the garbage where he belonged And then it's like Oh man Also he really cared
0: about Seko
1: Yeah Uh, Seko's trying to call Chocolata Obviously not getting through Uh, But then he notices he has two voicemails Uh, Spends a while trying to figure out What a voicemail is (laughs) Yes maybe too long Yes well again he's a dumb dog boy uh, you know, and it's th- a message in fact, from th-
0: this whole thing like both this and the whole like cleaver, clever bit at the beginning made me realize he's basically just evil Narancia. like he is very stupid yeah. in much the same way and even sounds and really... looks similar that is a very good point
1: uh yeah so he he checks his message and uh the first one is from chocolata uh who's like hey I'm in the helicopter. Just want to let you know I'm doing alright. Killed Guido. Uh, Giorno's trying to get up here, but that's alright. Not worried about it. Anyway, uh, when I get off work, I'm going to give you some sugar cubes and I'm <laughs> going to scratch your back because you're a good boy.
0: Yes, and then he just does this whole thing about like how many sugar cubes do you want? I'll give yeah, you Five. Juice.
1: He's like, do you want two? And Seko's like, no, more, more. He's like, haha, just kidding. I'm going to give you five. You think you can catch all of
0: those with your mouth? No using your hands. And then during this, like, Seko is like, he's got hearts around him and he's very happy. And then one part, he's just like, freaking out and vibrating.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it gets like, serious. Because he's, like, and starts talking about like, You know, we're an invincible team, like, you and I, like, the reason that I can do this is because I got you, and, you know, I'm going to even surpass the boss because I have you. Uh, anyway, I love you.
0: Goodbye. (laughs) Yep. And that's also the first time it's mentioned that, uh, they were going to go after the boss, too. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah like i something about him saying i love you specifically uh signals to seko that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Then like that was he would under no circum, no normal circumstance would make him say something like that to seko. Even though they have this sort of weird relationship and this understanding that him outright saying i love you is so out of character that seko must maybe realize that in actuality Chocolata knows he is going to die
0: possibly like that's that what i sense. gathered
1: because the, he then rises out of he wises from his grave <laughs> yes uh and he looks fucking pissed and he is right behind
0: bucciarati Yep yeah. but then um, wh- who's this who is watching well, no. from afar who
1: is this guy with the flat top i just i don't know i guess <laughs> Yeah. Larry will have to wait until next episode to find out because there's just no way to be sure
0: absolutely <laughs> this mystery anyway, will have to it's... be solved next week
1: yeah anyway it's pulling around
0: <laughs> Jean-Pierre
1: uh, I'm actually scrolling down right now manga anime differences I good okay this confirms what I thought the mysterious ally's appearance has been moved to an earlier point of the story <laughs> I had a suspicion, like, when that popped up, I was like, I bet that's not how that went down in the comic, and they don't actually reveal them until, like, the team is in there. So, of course, of course the anime goes even further out of its way to spoil the reveal.
0: I mean, again, at this point, they figure anybody watching this has already read it, so.
1: Oh, also, another interesting manga-anime difference, the method of how he attacks the pistols was left vague compared to the manga.
0: Huh, okay Yeah
1: That is a weird thing to do Mista's confusion regarding how the pistols were attacked is removed
0: What? So it's more vague, but his confusion was removed Yes Yeah (laughs) Alright, sure
1: Uh, oh, Chocolata's wounds from a self-mutilation are almost entirely covered by Green Day's mold as a less obvious form of censorship of the gore, so I guess in the manga that is actually much more disgusting.
0: That's kind of weird, considering that it has not been yeah. censored so far.
1: Yeah, everything else in this season. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, when Chocolata's severed arm punches Jorno, it is shown to be Chocolata's for the entirety of the scene in the manga... The arm is shown as green-dazed for a single panel.
0: Okay. The Rocky a mistake.
1: Yeah. Here's a last one, and then we'll move on. Chocolata is shown stitching his body together, whereas in the manga, the pieces simply fall back into place. Hmm. So they added a thing to better explain what was going on, in a place where it really did not matter that much, but then in the part where it does, they were like, no, this needs to be much more vague.
0: Yes. Also, here's Pawn the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. but We could ask that question about a lot of things so far. Anyway. They've made some weird choices in the way that they handled this episode. It was good all around, though.
1: I, yes. I like this a lot. Yeah, it was. I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap up this arc.
0: Yes. But for now... It's on to roulette. Every time I look into your eyes, it's roulette, really, it's roulette. Really. Black Clover.
1: Yeah. So it's 71. Uh, this is going to be kind of a tough one to get through because there are so many characters introduced in this thing, I committed none of their n- names to memory. Of.
0: Does not matter.
1: <laughs> no. No, it does not. Uh, I'm not totally sure what even this series is about. So here's my rough crack at it. Okay. Here we go. There's. A Hi Larry Davis of with me is George
0: Brundle This is Stan Delivered's JoJo Podcast Now here comes George's oh. uh, recap of the entire plot of Black Clover up to episode 71
1: Yes, okay Alright, stick with me on this There's a president of magic Yes, okay Magic is in the air literally and figuratively uh, This is olden times but also modern times uh cuz that's anime yes uh, in a, a nutshell really um and so there's these knights but the knights are in competition because it also wouldn't be anime unless the main characters strove to be number 1 of some bullshit hierarchy thing for reasons mostly uh and the main character he's not magic but despite this very obvious major setback wants to become the president of magic. This stupid boy can't do that. But yes. he will. He'll he'll become the Hokage by the yeah. end of the series somehow. Just fuck it. Uh, He's going there's to a, have girl... a son
0: named Clover Toe, I guess. <laughs> I assume his name's Clover. I don't remember what it was.
1: Uh, me either. Uh, yeah, no, that's my basic understanding of this is that there's some weird magic hierarchy. There's a magic president, non-magic character wants to become the magic president, and people in general want to be number one, and I don't quite understand why that is so important to them, other than Branded to Kill was a movie that came out, and ever <laughs> since then, well... I,
0: I was just about to say, maybe they're taking some cues from the sage Suzuki classic, Branded to Kill... But no, you are yeah. already on that, ready to go. Yeah.
1: No, look, if you want to trace back the genesis, for real, of the anime trope of I need to be number one in this weird unconventional hierarchy, branded to kill as the movie. That movie is a fucking hot mess. That movie is a disaster. The making of that movie is incredibly interesting. That is also the only reason why that movie is remembered, period.
0: Yeah. Seijin Suzuki but... has made several other very good movies.
1: Yes He also made this one really bad one yeah. That has had this Weird lasting impact On the way that storytelling Just works In Japan
0: Like No More Heroes specifically Is just yes. that story
1: Absolutely. Yeah but in a way that is Actually easier to digest Which if you played No More Heroes <laughs> Probably is saying a lot
0: Yes it is <sighs>
1: Oh man, that movie is three different movies rolled into one, separated cleanly by their acts. Like The first movie, the first act, is just basically like a movie trailer. It is so discordant, it is like it's taking bits and pieces from further down in the movie and rearranging them to like draw you in. Yeah, but I it did, never stops. It, it goes on like that for a, a half hour.
0: I didn't make it past this part. I got like 20 minutes into the movie and was just like, I cannot understand anything that is happening in this. Like it just cuts from here to there to this guy. He opens a door and then we're over here. And then this guy shooting at him from somewhere else. It's a mess.
1: It is almost as if though for that portion of the movie, they could not get all the shots they needed to make it coherent. So they had to just use what they had. Probably. And they did not have much. Uh, The second portion of that movie is a weird, bullshit art house film, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, he's standing in this room with like a bunch of like butterfly origami and this woman is naked and it's so symbolic, dude. And it just goes on and on like that. And then the third part of the movie, the final act is just another hitman shows up and he's like, OK, I'm handcuffing myself to you, but I'm not going to kill you because you're deserving of a better death than I can give you right now. But I need to figure out what that is first. And uh, th- this is going to make going to the bathroom. Really weird. Here's a jar pee in it.
0: Sounds good. No, no, that part sounds good. It, the third part of that movie is actually the best
1: because it's basically just this weird odd couple dynamic.
0: It's just like the bits in Pink Panther, where the dude jumps yeah. out of like the refrigerator or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, man. That that movie is a mess. But anyway, because of that movie, we have things like Black Clover.
0: Yes, thanks, Seijin Suzuki. That's... Sorry about yeah, your career. <laughs> Getting blackballed yeah. from Japanese cinema for like 40 years or whatever.
1: You didn't make the movie that we wanted you to make fast enough, so goodbye. Get out of here. Yeah. So, uh, this thing actually ends up opening basically, I, I can't tell if these characters are, like, transferred into a different division or something, but basically this lady took over her brother's magical knight division. And I love this lady to death.
0: Me too, she's great. She's the she, best character her, in all her, this.
1: Yes. Her character design is rad?
0: Yes. It is objectively rad. I will entertain no arguments. I I agree. She's got like fire eyebrows, which I really like.
1: She's got a lot of stuff going on with her j- just general style that kind of makes me it it feels like an older manga style done in today's animation. It's like kind of a Something in the eyes specifically, like how they're stretched out, reminds me of like something from the Devil Man era. Yeah, a little bit. Um,
0: and she looks almost like a. Obviously, it's meant to evoke like fire, but she also looks like a human lion in a weird way, just because of the way the hair is and everything. Oh no, it's cool. I like it. I dig her. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: there's, there's these two bozos. There's another really good character design later on in the bar, which we'll get to, but,
1: oh, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. That, okay. That, that bar scene is wild. So basically she's taken over like her older brother's division. And then I think her younger brother is also part of this division. And so she's giving, she's chewing all of them out. Uh, Because she thinks they're weak. And she's going to take him to the hot springs to whip him into shape. And so at this point in the episode, I thought we were getting a hot springs episode, which would be a beautiful thing to have happen in anime roulette.
0: Turns out that's next episode. We missed it by that much. Yeah. Not many people know this,
1: but we uh, record this whole podcast within the Dough of (laughs) Silence.
0: Yeah, it's the only way to be sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're just breathing in each other's breath the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. Nobody, I can, by I can the way, listening to this knows what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> tell me people don't remember this show from uh, the fucking 1970s? It's earlier than that.
0: It's the 60s. Telling,
1: tell me, Tell me nobody here watched Nick at Night in the <laughs> 90s 30 years ago.
0: I mean, I didn't. I don't know it
1: from that. Oh, I watched Get Smart all the time when I was a child. You ever watched that? I've actually reboot
0: with uh, Andy Dick. Hell yes! <laughs> was it? hell yes? You liked it? It was fucking terrible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why? I found it hard like, to believe. Some, otherwise,
1: some jackass was just like, "Hey, what if we rebooted Get Smart?" And some other jackass was like, "I just don't see how we can sell that unless we cast Andy Dick."
0: And he's supposed to be like look, Derek Smart Jr., right?
1: Yeah, it was his son. He gave his sperms. Wasn't Andy Dick?
0: <laughs> I mean, when you look at Andy Dick, you think, ah, uh, yeah, he looks like he'd be the son of Don Adams. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hey, look, news radio was big at the time. All right, it was. Yeah,
0: was that? Sure, uh, look, that was after Phil Hartman died too. So. I'm just going to say, like, since I brought it up, Dave Foley would
1: have been all right as the son of, I can't remember the actual name. Maxwell
0: name. Smart. I accidentally said Maxwell Derek Smart, Smart earlier. Yeah. Who... Derek Smart is the uh, Battle... <laughs> Battle Cruiser AD guy that would send angry emails to people who did not like his game. And now he's embroiled in some feud with Chris Roberts, who is the Star Citizen guy. That whole thing Great. is interesting Sounds like a real blast Oh yeah
1: yeah. Andy Andy did got around In the 90's man He was in the Ben Stiller show Which is a thing that like I just remembered existed yesterday Ben
0: Stiller show was good
1: Yeah Was it the Ben Stiller show or was it Mr. Show That had that bit where it was Lassie But instead of Lassie it was just Hitler I think
0: that was Mr. Show
1: Okay I cannot remember. I was explaining this sketch comedy bit to somebody yesterday, and it was like recalling a fever dream. Like I could not quite picture it the way it actually was in my head, but I know I've seen it.
0: Ben Stiller Show had um was it Ben Stiller's show that had uh Stephen Colbert and it? it was like the skinheads from Maine. And it was just like sitting there whittling on his front porch while going like uh, you know we're gonna have to force the blacks out or something (laughs) I think that was the Ben Stiller show it it might have been hey look uh, because
1: I brought it up the other day to somebody uh, I looked it up and all the episodes of the Ben Stiller show are on YouTube so if you finish with this anime podcast and go boy I wonder what the 90s Ben Stiller sketch comedy show co-starring Andy Dick was like you can find out for yourself.
0: The Ben Stiller Show had a lot of like people who you would recognize now, though, like unknown oh, then. Yeah. Like Bob Odenkirk was on it, wasn't he?
1: I'm pretty sure that he was. Yes. Yeah.
0: Janine Garofalo. Uh, yes,
1: Janine Garofalo was definitely on it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't remember a lot of
1: specifics about the Ben Stiller Show other than that it exists. uh I actually should probably rewatch that thing Mm -hmm. Uh, Because between that and Zoolander Good reminder that Ben Stiller Actually uh, kind of funny Just keeps starring in some really bad things
0: Yeah now he's like In the sad sack phase of his career Yeah I don't know what he's doing He's just
1: Doing the Jim Carrey thing It's fashionable to be a Pagliacci now I guess I don't fucking know
0: (laughs) A doctor I am Ben Stiller (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so uh, these these kids who i'm guessing are the main characters of black clover have showed up and they're eavesdropping on this whole thing uh and they're kind of jazzed about going to a hot spring and then this lady's hair turns into hands and grabs one of them on the head uh, which i guess basically is like not mind controlling him, but just renders him feeble so he can't resist. She can just sort of, like, drag him around wherever she wants. Uh, And then she does this to the other kid, too, who protests because it's not in his character. Yeah. This is a thing he brings up several times, and I don't understand it, frankly. I don't either. Uh, but, we then go over to the bar. The bar!
0: Love it. The bar! No! Norms there. Magic! Allowed! <laughs> yeah, we get a whole cast I of did go colorful to... characters here who I assume have been introduced in previous episodes.
1: Uh, I did go to a bar once that had a big old sign that said no fighting allowed, which I thought was interesting, <laughs> that you would have to have that up in your bar.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like they say no. about how if there's a sign warning not to do something, it means somebody's already done it. That's why you should you should pay special attention to signs that are like, Don't drink the urinal water <laughs> because someone had a great Urinal great idea. cake is not candy. That's right. <laughs> this is not a giant smarty. <laughs> I could actually totally picture a sign that
1: just says, please do not pick up the urinal cakes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, even customers need to wash their hands.
0: <laughs>
1: uh so we get yeah, we get a wonderful cast of characters here. Among them uh is these uh these two women. Uh, one of which is referring to basically one of them is very um by the numbers, very tight laced kind of kind of lady. She's I hesitate to say bossy, but you get the sense that she is calm and collected and in charge.
0: And she's dressed the like other, a Valkyrie.
1: Yeah, and the other is uh more dressed down, more casual, more fun loving. Yeah. badly wants admiration from the Valkyrie lady, calls her lot, which at first I took to mean that they were actually sisters. Turns Um, out, no. As as this goes on, it's more and more apparent that actually she is romantically interested in the Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, I really like that this episode of Stand and Deliver has introduced me to basically my two favorite gay anime couples
0: that's right it's a, uh, well it's a rarity in anime in general so yeah we get the that's, two that these two different variations we've got chocolata and seco and uh valkyrie and brown lady whatever their names are
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's actually like there's, there's a certain way that a lot of Japanese media handles uh, representation of people who are gay. Mm. And it's not, it's not good. No. The, the vast majority of the time. There is definitely something completely ridiculous and bonkers about Chocolata and Sucko and the Valkyrie and what's-her-face. More so, I think, in the case of Chocolata and Sucko, their weirdness is not played up in the sense that they are gay,
0: no, it's not like haha, look at these weird homos or anything. It's just like these are weird yeah. guys who genuinely love each other, and it's nice
1: yeah that that is a nice thing, and I appreciate it a lot in this anime. We've not gotten a good sense of these characters within this episode, and what's her face just sort of seems like so fawning over the Valkyrie that it could be something that is maybe more often than not played in a way that is not great or uncomfortable. Yeah. But like that, that kind of dynamic of just like, let's say they're actually a couple and one of them is very straight laced and the other one is more fun loving and just kind of wants to draw that like zest for life out of the other because they genuinely Mm care. That's very charming. And I like that. And I think that is a fun dynamic.
0: Yes, and uh, I bet they end up together by the end Because it would be weird if sure. it's just like a uh, What was her name In Azumanga Dayo that was like Always obsessed with Sakaki uh, Kagura,
1: I think It's been and, so long since I saw Azumanga Dayo that that I, I like remember
0: Either way, that kind of didn't really go anywhere But she was like way into Sakaki the whole time and it was kind of just, like, yeah, a it, goofy thing, but... Yeah.
1: That's totally what this could be, I have no way of knowing. Yeah. But the real question, though, is... Who do Sonic fuck? What? No, th- I'm just remembering the
0: Ken Penders tweet of Stop talking him. about Ken Penders. Never. the only only way way i can stop is if ken penders stops and that is not an option no he will never stop you know what (laughs) it's been all right give everybody a rundown on ken penders do it
1: okay ken penders once upon a time was basically the the editor-in-chief of the sonic the hedgehog comic which was published by archie comics Ken Penders also is a crazy person he wanted to tell his own Star Trek rip off see this is where I get you interested
0: and by the way we uh, should mention that for anybody who doesn't know this series is the one that introduced like Sally Acorn and that the no, weird French bunny guy what it's not
1: no that's the Saturday morning cartoon which was a separate thing that did not have Ken Penders Pen Pen Ken Penders involvement uh, but, but this comic was that way. Right, it was loosely based on that. It did not actually occur in the same continuity, but it heavily borrowed from it and took characters from it. Okay, because they still had rights to this. Yeah, it's a dumb thing that's not important to any of this, but basically, he had his own stories that he wanted to tell that was some weird fusion of Star Trek and Superman, and he took it upon himself to insert that into the Sonic comic mostly through, like, the Knuckles character and his extended family tree of characters that are just Knuckles but colored differently, and one of them just has a goatee and otherwise is literally Knuckles. So that's why you get, like, characters with, like, Superman names like Laura-Sue and things like that. Uh, but basically, he... It, it, it It's hard to explain exactly how much he fucked this comic up for years and years and years without getting into very specific things. So I won't suffice it to say it's a very bad, very melodramatic comic that completely misunderstands any element that makes Sonic fun or interesting. Uh, And it got to a point. No, it got to a point where Archie finally said, okay, you're fired, please leave. And then they had, they hired a a gentleman by the name of Ian Flynn who actually turned that comic around and, and made it actually, quite good for a while. Uh, Ken Penders then sued Archie and Sega for uh, infringing on his intellectual property. He claimed that he owned the characters he created for the com- comic. Uh, Archie had no way to prove that this wasn't the case, that this wasn't a work for hire agreement, because a fucking fire happened and burned all their damn records.
0: Hmm. Oops! Whoopsie doodle. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh! Ken Penders retained the right over his characters. Sega got spooked and said, You're not allowed to use any characters that were made for this comic, period. It's just the ones made by Sega from now on. And then Archie eventually canceled the book. So now Ken Penders is drawing his own uh, comic that is a follow up to his specific uh, additions to the continuity. It looks fucking terrifying. I, I can I see even... this. I've seen it. I don't even know if I can describe it in the ways that it is terrifying. He posted a picture of a new character recently who their skull is lopsided. Uh, it, is, it is drifting off to the right like their brain is trying to migrate out of their body. Uh, yet their mouth is completely dead center to the camera even though this is like a 3-4 shot of their face.
0: He's also very dedicated to like very detailed shadowing. In a way that does not work at all With the character oh, designs
1: he puts the Bloom tool To good use in Photoshop Yeah like, okay. And by good I mean This looks like somebody airbrushed Merlin On the side of a van
0: <laughs> So if you haven't seen these Imagine that new Sonic Like the trailer for the new Sonic movie And how bad that looks But if Sonic was smooth like he didn't have yeah, like, fur so it's just like shiny like he's made of balloon or something
1: yeah he's he's sleek and rubbery but he still has kneecaps and visible musculature <laughs> yeah it's in, it's intensely gross yes and and so he's been saying that he's putting this comic together but he has been working on it for such an absurd amount of time years upon years upon years has nothing to show for it whatsoever. Uh, very likely that it's just never going to come out. Uh, I don't know whether it's just that he's a bum and he is not going to shit it or get off the pot with it, or if it's that he's actually worried that by releasing it, maybe there will be something actionable in there that Sega could act upon.
0: I um, do not think Ken Pender says that much foresight. Me
1: uh, either. I think he's just lazy. Yes. Um. But yeah, so when this is not going on, he is busy tweeting his thoughts on uh, Sonic the Hedgehog at large, and they're bad. Uh, Ken has a huge ego and basically thinks that he is literally the one who put Sonic on the map, uh, that the Sonic franchise would have been dead without him, uh, that he tried to make Sonic uh, more relatable and serious, and that the stories he's told have been better than any of the stories in the games, which look, I'm not saying that those stories are good, but Ken's actually wrong in this case. Uh, And so some of the stuff he tweets out is just like, oh, well, in my conception of Mobius, these are still animals, so sometimes they eat their babies. (laughs) Thanks for the tip, Uh, Ken. One of his takes recently was uh, Joffrey, a skunk man, uh, who was the uh, one-time boyfriend of Sally Acorn, was actually an adult while Sally was still in uh, her teens, and may have, although it didn't end up in the comics, uh, forced himself onto her at some point.
0: Thanks, Ken. Also... Uh,
1: He he... wanted to make the walrus character gay just because. Like, his explanation for it was literally just, I wanted a token gay.
0: (laughs) And also, he seems to think that everybody is deeply familiar with his work, to the point where he he was talking about Avengers Endgame and being like, hmm, what a coincidence that my Sonic story was also called Endgame. Like, that's not just a word. Uh, I'm going to,
1: hold on, I'm going to look these two in particular up that he tweeted out recently because they deserve to be read verbatim. Uh, Trying to surmise them in my own words would do them no justice whatsoever. All right. Uh, I'll see if I can find the end game one first. Um, which this just sort of built into, like for me, this like this theoretical universe where like, because Doctor. Strange and in Infinity War says we're entering the end game now. and I just started going through my mind of like, oh, but Doctor. Strange was like smugly dropping in an obscure reference to a Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, and actually he's a horrible neckbeard.
0: yeah, and I mean, if you really want to get down to it, the Chaos Emeralds are basically just a rip-off of the Infinity Gems anyway. Yeah, so. yeah they are. Uh, Kim
1: Pinder says, I admit to being amused that the latest Avengers film trailer references the most famous Sonic the Hedgehog storyline Archie ever published. It was 22 years ago that I came up with the in-game four-parter.
0: <laughs> These four issues of the Sonic comic are so influential. yeah okay uh it was 22 years I... ago today ken penders taught the band to play it really, uh, <laughs> the style it's gonna make you smile Ken
1: penders says oh as sega doesn't want sonic to have a girlfriend are they establishing he's a player gay or asexual just what sort of image do they want him to have these
0: are the kinds of questions writers ask all the time hey but you know i'm just asking questions I'm just out here. I'm asking questions. You want to get to the root of the character. You want to know what they're thinking and you know, what they're feeling. You just got to ask. Would you, like to he-
1: would you like to hear Ken Pinder's thoughts on essentials? No. General. No, I would not. <laughs> Real quick. But you're going to do it. Every so. character, according to Ken Pinder's, his words, not mine, every character is defined <laughs> by their relationships and not necessarily just the romantic ones. The right partner allows one to soar higher, run swifter, live larger. Gay, straight, or bi is certainly better than asexual.
0: (laughs) Wow, Ken. Hey, these are the thoughts of (laughs) Ken Penders. Not of us. Not Larry Davis or George Brundle or Stand and Deliver. We do not condone. (laughs) Yes, I understand that asexuals can still have fucking friends and relationships. What the
1: fuck, Ken? Ken... Kim Pender says, I can accept a person claiming to be asexual, but I won't pretend to understand it. <laughs> At some... <laughs> this reads like an At excerpt point... from a Tim Allen <laughs> book. No, no, I'm sorry, there's more to this. Oh, okay. Hold your thoughts. At some point, even a person claiming such still has preferences, which are driven by what? Visual cues? Oral? Touch? What matters to them when forced to choose? What drives the choice?
0: Says Ken Penders. Go to sleep, Ken. Forever. Writer of the Sonic Badge, I'll Never wake up, Ken. Ken Penders says, I have a problem with the term asexual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go on. What, what, Because it
1: implies a total lack of interest in sex, which in turn implies these people are okay being the end of the line of their familial geology. Did he put people If more people, people in took quotes? that attitude... No, but oh. you could totally read it that way. Okay. If more people took that attitude, where would we be as a people?
0: You know, way better. We'd be way better, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Ken, Ken
1: Penders adopts the same mentality, I guess, as Mike Lee, where he, like got up in front of Congress and was like, actually, the problem is people aren't fucking making babies enough.
0: Isn't Mike Lee the one that uh, brought the image of, like, yes. Reagan on the Placaraptor? Yeah, he
1: was the one that had, like, the image of, like, he brought the picture of, like, Lisa Simpson with the sign on her back that said, <laughs> I'm a
0: dumb baby. It was really weird. Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm sorry to tell you that that was something I made, actually. Ah. <sighs> oh. I mean, anyway, yeah,
1: Ken Ken Penders is uh, a he's it's a real treat. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
0: That's been your update on <sighs> Ken Penders.
1: Yeah, that's uh, been your Ken Penders 10 minutes. Yep. It actually was. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah, we're we're in we're still in the bar. I really wish I had to drink myself Wouldn't right now because I just be had to so like good. dive into Ken Penders'. Wouldn't yeah. it
0: be so good if Ken Penders tried to sue us? Like somehow this got <laughs> to him and he was like, I'll show those guys what's what reading my tweets. How dare you. I had I. to
1: I had to put like a little disclaimer at the bottom of a post I put out recently because I was like joking in the character of Ken Penders and I had to be at the bottom like I'm actually not trying to say Ken Penders believes this. I'm just playing it up for comedic effect. Because after the whole James Woods thing, <laughs> like, I don't fucking know what yeah. these lunatics pr- prerogatives are, but, like, Ken has proved himself to be litigious. Yeah.
0: But, hey, we're just, like, re- reading his tweets. Yeah, he, he said look, it. that's the thing. He said it, not Ken, us guys. Ken actually said these
1: things about asexuals. This is what his thoughts are. I did not talk to them in any way. Kin Penders is wrong about a lot of fucking things The
0: records are out there And check the receipts Yeah, no, check the tapes Anyway, we're in the bar There's a, uh, there's yeah. a guy with a flock of seagulls haircut This is who I was talking about oh, you know, I like yeah. the design of
1: Is this the dude who's like crying later And he's like oh, what
0: is Gotta celebrate my ridiculous ascent to the top well, I don't know He has a flock of seagulls haircut But with like a braid in the front With a little cross on it is he's wearing, like, a oh, weird yeah. I, jacket with feathers.
1: Might not be the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, but yeah, we have a bit here where a lot of these characters threaten to use attack magic. Yes. Uh, but the bartender is like, attack magic is not allowed here. Please, have a complimentary drink. Alcohol will calm you down. Please do not destroy my bar. Uh, but this, like, goes down the line of, like, three characters doing this. And I think by, like, the third one, he realizes... Oh I could just say I'm gonna use attack magic and they get free booze.
0: Right. So there's the Flock of Seagulls guy, there's a larger, like a sort of fat guy who looks like a bureaucrat or something. He he kinda looks like a I wanna say a character from Full Metal Alchemist? Can't remember. Yeah. Uh and then there's third guy who just looks like a maru from Naruto. Yeah. And then uh at some
1: point Fire Lady walks in. Uh, She's got, she keeps collecting people to the point that basically she's like Eric Andre in that bit with the octopus.
0: Yes. I love this bit. She's just like dangling kids around by their heads.
1: Yeah. Walking in there going, I am the octopus. <laughs> Are you lonely? Are you lonely? Are you lonely?
0: And when's Eric Andre coming back? I don't know uh it's been a while yeah she while. there's
1: also there's also this girl there uh who like her whole thing she's an narcoleptic, basically, like she's just asleep all the time,
0: yeah, she's like Mr. Bean's character in Rat Race oh yeah, that was a John Lovitz was in that movie, yes, it was uh, he, so he got a Hitler mustache,
1: yeah that a whole bit his dog da- his daughter was prairie Doggin, and that's literally the first time that i learned what that term was
0: <laughs> yeah it's a funny movie Thank you, actually, rat, race. rat race it's all right yeah it's, it's all weird- right it's weird that it ends with a smash mouth concert <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: look smash-, smash mouth was very popular at the time they did the theme to the get smart remake yeah <laughs> if <With> andy did <Dick. laughs> yeah the best part is I could just say that And no one listening to this podcast Is old enough to know whether or not that's true I mean I don't know if that's true It's not They didn't well, But it would have been
0: great if they didn't
1: Yeah Look it was on ABC Family if I remember right And it had Andy Dick in it So like there's actually a pretty good probability That Smash Mouth could have worked on it
0: There is a high risk of Smash Mouth content In the Get Smart <laughs> reboot That's
1: right Alert. Dangerous levels of Smash Mouth Detective. Anyway, she comes Uh, in here and
0: grabs some more dudes by the head.
1: Yeah, she's basically just like, okay, well, we need more characters for this episode, so I'm just gonna go around uh, grabbing everybody up. And she leaves with them, whisks them away to uh, a volcano valley, which is uh, the hot springs, and uh, as she does, the bartender steps outside says, thank you for your patronage, and then he turns into a different person who i'm guessing is the prince of magic.
0: Okay. I have no way of knowing though. So, I don't know. he looks important. He has like some sort of a uh, medallion. Yeah. I guess he just Look, speak- is a bartender sometimes. Look speaking of medallions and sonic like the hedgehog.
1: Oh no. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not I'm not going to go there. Um so they all go to this volcano valley and i can't remember exactly what she tasks them with specifically i think it's like just getting to
0: this summit yeah because that's where the hot spring is okay um and so the way to get there because like there's quick, quick note uh when she mentions a hot spring earlier the main kid has a fantasy of what it is and it's just like a monkey and a capybara like, in a hot spring. Yeah. Oh, right. And he's like, oh, man, that'd be great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Be able to see some naked capybara. <laughs> Ooh. A little bit of blood comes out of his nose. That's anime.
0: Now that's what I call anime, <laughs> volume 34. Including tracks like Capybara Hot Springs Nosebleed. Yep. And who do Sonic fuck? Track, tracks like strong magic region. <laughs> magic attack not
1: allowed.
0: <laughs> also, there's a really good bit in the bar where he, uh, this one guy is calling Fire Lady, like, Sislugurin or something like that. And it just, like, shows, like, well, you're Flugururin's sister, so I thought that that would be your name. It just shows, like, the whole family And it's like Gramps and Father Ligurin yeah. Or whatever I don't know It was a good I think he says I like, liked it He's saying
1: like What are you doing Just like adding verbs Yeah Just like, I don't uh,
0: know It was a funny bit Yeah It's not really yeah, that funny good. When describing it But I wanted to say no. I like that bit in the episode Turns out if you describe a joke It takes all the power away from the well, joke shut up
1: That's Fuck how You asshole That's how everyone you Idiot
0: uh, <laughs> You ignoramus You dickhead I hate this. This is a this is it. This is the last episode. We're done. <laughs> I'm I sorry. had it.
1: Gotta celebrate my ridiculous something to the <laughs> top.
0: Gonna be number one.
1: Yep. About <laughs> Brandon Kills, so I know all about it. Hooray. Yeah. Look, I've made some bad choices. I'm not afraid to admit it. I read all of the Sonic the Hedgehog comic, uh, and here I am today. Uh you survived. So they need to get to the top of the... Yeah, I have a t-shirt. That's all it says. I survived reading the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. It just has that picture that Ken drew of Sonic running with, like, his exposed kneecaps and everything on the back of it. Ugh. <sighs> uh. So, they need to get to the top of the summit. Uh, I wanted to mark here that uh, the other... Lady the one from like the lesbian Couple uh, has a line that is Just zoinks what the fresh hell Is this
0: yep <laughs> And then she Has Translation a
1: fantasy
0: Yeah she has a fantasy about Valkyrie Like also being in the hot springs And she's like ah yes And like that's yeah, I think I the first hint that She's into her because before to, This it's wash her back. Yeah Yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, everyone, there's like magic in the air, I guess, that's like messing with people's ability to control their own magic. There's magic in the air this evening, magic in the air. The world is at her best, you know, when people love and care. Uh, which then makes actually getting into the summit more difficult. Uh, so, they use something that I think it's called like mana skin or something along that those lines. Uh-huh. But basically, they make like this very thin aura of magic around them that kind of protects them. It like cancels out all the bad magic, but still suppresses their magic. It's basically and so like all the... um,
0: it's like Green Lanterns. Like they use the power of the rain to create a thin shell around them, which is how they are able to survive in space.
1: Yeah, uh, and and so all the the major characters are able to use this ability, and they progress up towards the summit, except for who I believe is our main character, because he is not magically endowed. Uh so he's trying to walk up to a he's trying to walk to the top of a volcano. which clearly is not going well for him a normal human being. Uh, so the fire lady sees this and is just like you can turn around and go home. Like you can't do this without magic.
0: Also he, at um, one point he turns around and just swings his sword is like, "Hmm, I can't cut heat." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, man. Good job. Yeah, he's
1: uh he's definitely going to become the king of magic one day.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah, going to lead that country to ruin, but, I mean, mean, he met his goal. Presumably. No, no, we're not that far yet. Uh, This is still coming out, actually, isn't it? Yep. Okay. So, yeah, I guess there's no way to know for sure, but... Uh, I kind of like this part of the episode is actually where it sort of got a little bit boring for me and I kind of just glazed over it because it's basically this pep talk that she's giving. I don't think she's necessarily giving him the pep talk. I think that he's like kind of psyching himself up and then she gets in on it too and then starts giving him a pep talk. Yeah. And so basically this episode ends this way of he suddenly has the resolve to get to the top of the mountain, stands up, uh, holds his sword in the air. And is like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then cliffhanger, credits roll, that's the end of the episode. Uh, except for a stinger at the yeah, end.
0: Well, no, there's this whole bit where Sisgolian um, or whatever uh, talks to the Pigtails girl. Because apparently yeah, she but knew also, and...
1: yeah, but that also... Yeah, but that bit also kind of seemed like... It's not ridiculous and it's not super interesting from the perspective of us not having any context Because it's mostly just sort of filling in like some character building for
0: her I will say Uh, the most interesting thing about this is this girl with pigtails Who seems to be the same age as the main character Is revealed in the end credits that she has giant tits Which was weird It's like what? I did not watch the end credits. Anime, Uh, what are you doing? Stop it. I was with you until this point. And then it's like, you gotta pull this? Come on. Come on. Come on. Now that's anime. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I call anime volume 71.
1: Yeah, it's the first fucking track. The 12-year-old has big tits. (laughs) Yep.
0: uh oh actually that reminds me something i thought was really cool in the opening in the opening for the series uh first of all i think the opening kind of sucks the first part of it where it's just like fading to black over and over but i really like yeah i
1: kind of i I really like that
0: it has like the episode title and number like as part of the opening instead of
1: see i didn't i didn't notice any of this stuff because it that first part of the opening I just kind of like bailed on it and waited for the song to end. And then when the end credits popped up, I think I hopped into like a discord window to start typing something to you. So I did not get this reveal that the, that this girl had big bazongas. Oh yeah. They're, they're wild and out. Hunga munga. <laughs>
0: hey now. Says
1: George Brundle of stand and deliver. hey look i'm not saying anything about myself i'm just saying what i said yeah can't see myself uh yeah we get a little bit of uh we get a thing at the tail end of this episode though with the uh girl who's always asleep a little comedy routine a guy kind of comes up and just like ah what's your hobbies other than sleeping and uh starts throwing out things that end with ing like cooking uh because when she kind of mumbles in her sleep she goes yes
0: it's a good bit Uh, because he says like you would you make hamburger like it's just and then (laughs) at the end he just like freaks out for no real reason
1: oh no it's that uh he's like okay so you are into cooking i bet like you cook really well so tell you what we're gonna have a battle uh, and if I win, you have to cook for me oh, and it's right, rock, right. paper,
0: scissors. Yes. Okay.
1: And so they shoot, but even though she's asleep, she defeats him at rock, paper, scissors. And that's what makes him, uh, freak out. Yeah. as a weird SpongeBob SquarePants moment where he becomes <laughs> hyper-realistic. It's not quite that. But, no, no, but like for the style of this show, it's definitely along the vein of that. But
0: by the way, yes. the next episode, the Hot Springs episode, is named Saint Elmo's Fire. <laughs> do you <laughs> think that's the? Do you think that's the original title in Japanese? I don't know. I doubt it.
1: The finale is just called Jacob's Ladder.
0: <laughs> One episode's called Less Than Zero. <laughs> I don't know. Oh,
1: why, the, why in the fresh fuck was this episode then not named Fahrenheit 451? What <laughs>
0: what are they doing? I don't, I don't know. It's just called the Uncrowned Undefeated Lioness, which, like, what kind of a name is that? Like, that's standard anime know. title. Yeah, that's... That's anime. That's anime. Okay, I need to bring yeah. up myself. Yeah.
1: We talked about a couple animes this week, and uh, apparently next week we're going to have to do that again. And one of those animes will be a random anime chosen on the anime roulette.
0: Uh, So that's how this works. Do you think we should give this series another shot or remove it?
1: How many shows do we have left? Because we only have eight episodes of JoJo's, and I would like to get to everything on the roulette
0: wheel. Uh, Well, I'm just replacing all of the uh, Tokusatsu series with similar ones. Of our anime, we only have this one. Uh, Majin Bone is still on there, Because we were gonna give that another shot. And there is, uh, oh, Hunter X Hunter is still on it. Yeah, uh, and that's a there's, there's one we have not hit yet. Okay. Uh,
1: so long as we have enough on the list that we can hit everything at least once, then I say keep it on. Okay. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm I would like say. We got like
0: a comedy episode this time. I'd like to see some more weirdness from. Yeah. That.
1: Uh, hey, who knows? Maybe this is just like the general tone of this anime all the way through. The I opening and end think... credits, the little bits I saw, would not actually make me think that, but
0: I don't it's know. It's like there are 84 episodes out now. Hmm. So that's a few. And we more watched. Than... Yeah, we watched what? 74? 71. 71, okay. Uh but when I Spun this. I had seventy nine as the total episodes. Nice. I, I just let's say just updated it. Quickly. All right. So we've got slots one through seven. Get one, which it this is the anime that uh we had not hit yet. It is sket dance. Oh, I love scat dancing. Sket. Dance. Yeah, that's what I Scat dance. There are seventy-seven episodes of sket dance, S K E T, dance. Uh, well, you want to start at thirty-five? Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. Straight up, I don't think it matters with this series. Oh, okay. As far as I know, but uh, forty-seven AK forty-seven. We've gotten forty-seven before, haven't we? Um, and something. Hmm. Because I remember saying the AKU of forty-seven. Uh. But okay. Episode forty-seven of Sket Dance. Um,
1: of uh. Before we go, since uh, you know, I don't want to just kind of leave this hanging. I want <laughs> us to uh, close this this aside that we did off nicely tight with a, a, a neat little bow. Uh, Just cover all our bases. Because I think Ken Penders deserves to uh, explain the things that he said a little bit. Oh so, no. Ken Penders says... <laughs> I brought up the issue of sexuality because I wanted to be inclusive in my storytelling. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. I didn't want people asking why it didn't have someone from the LGBT community represented among the characters. I didn't want to depict just boy-girl pair-ups as the only accepted norm. So, like... Am I reading this right, that basically he was just afraid of being called out for not having a gay character? Yes. Fucking alright, well, look, it, his words not
0: ours. Episode 47 of Sket Dance is called Happy Birthday Part 2, so <laughs> that's what we're going to be watching. I am deeply concerned that this was a two-part birthday episode. Uh, the episode after this is called Happy Rebirthday, <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, no! What happens at the birthday? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Oh, man, really I don't know if I'm much. prepared for this. I don't know what this series is, by the way. Yeah, uh, Me either. i never heard of this. Yeah, I just saw it and thought, Ah, okay, I'll put that on here. Mm. Apparently, uh, Popular has uh, manga, has drama, CDs, and light novels uh video games oh they they appear in J stars which everybody does so big whoop
1: yeah i like how they keep adding characters to that game cuz uh i bet the like the one person playing that is just super psyched
0: huh oh the new one uh yeah What's what's that one jump force yeah that jump force sucks yes. yeah I think there, I no think they keep... can
1: clover boys in that they keep uh, doing announcements of new characters in that thing, and I, I see it popping up on uh, yeah. on some video game websites, and each time I'm like, I don't know why you guys are even reporting on this. Like, nobody plays this game, nobody cares.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It looked like garbage from moment one when it was announced. Oh, yeah. So we'll be back next week with episode 31 of... Uh... Jojo, is that is right? 32 of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. Uh, and episode forty-seven of Sket Dance. We'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver. Uh, Ken Penders says bye. Ken Penders is not. <laughs> <laughs> You're hey, he's right here.
1: You're, no, he's sitting on my <laughs> shoulder. He's a, he's a small little sprite that follows me
0: around. Ken Penders is not allowed on this podcast.
1: I have to make sure not to get Kinpinder's wet he ends up multiplying, and that's a real problem.
0: Bye, everybody.
1: Just a, just a bunch of Kinpinders running around my homes writing in better storylines into my comic books.
0: <laughs> Alright, that's it. They just cackle like grins. No,
1: no, stop, I have to stop. I walked out of my living room once, and a couple of them were singing Christmas carols, and one of them flashed me.
0: We just I've been of love and love, and I can we this. <laughs> oh, I I must rush you right now. I was like, what I'm about you now. And all the roads are